Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Nier. I'm Brett, and today we talk about what drives us to play the games that we play through the lens of several games that we've played recently. Throughout the discussion, we touch on many topics, such as my foray into GTA V and Walker's PvP fights in Legends of Runeterra. Additionally, we'll have a special contest announcement somewhere in the episode to say thank you to all of our recent listeners, so be sure to listen for details on how to enter. What's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, well, in a shocking turn of events, uh, I've played a variety of games for a small amount of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I I did go back and play some more Dawn of War 40K2, the RTS game. Yeah. Um, I, it seems like I'm doing like maybe about a mission in a play session and then I'm good. Yeah. I mean, they're longer missions for the... they are. I mean, it's it, it. Well, and I'm not good. I'm sure. Well, you're so... not trying to just like, like speed run it or anything. Yeah. I don't, I, well, and, and, and the thing is, is that like, it's, um, you know, cause you don't build anything. It's right. all just, you get four do or four, four commanders that have like a squad or whatever, but basically four units that you control and um and yeah the missions so so i i run around and explore the map and try and you know capture all the control points and whatever um yeah it it takes me i'd say probably between 30 to 40 minutes to get through a single mission yeah um but yeah it's still been it's still been fun and satisfying i'm glad that i decided to check it out after the original one like kind of like i said last week i think yeah the last time i talked about it but um the second one is is definitely more satisfying. I think the writing is probably better, but even if it's not, the animation obviously is leaps and bounds right. ahead. Just you know the graphics. So, um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, I played a little Legends of Runeterra, which is the card game made by Riot, the company that makes League of Legends. Um, I'm really I'm really interested with what they're doing. I, yeah. I don't know how much we've talked about it on the Well, pod. you checked it out in, what is it, like the beta that they had for it, or was it on official release? I don't remember for sure um, if it was technically in release yet or not. Legends of Runeterra you're talking about? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played it I played it for just like a night and had no problem with it. I was just like, man, I don't feel like learning this. Right. Um, so I, I checked back out. Another friend of mine started playing it, said he was enjoying it quite a bit. And I don't know what the card game. I mean, it basically competes directly with like Hearthstone for anyone yeah. who's not familiar. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I like the trading card game scene because I like being able to basically PVP without having to learn controls. Right. Like. Right. As long as you understand what the cards are doing and have some ability to to understand what a strategy for the deck that you have. And I definitely net decked, you know, and found right. some budget deck and didn't even have all the cards for that, but as close to it as I could get. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I probably win half the time, so not like hey. killing it or something, but it's, I, I feel like I get to compete sometimes. Half and, is enjoyable. Right, exactly. Um, and it's fun. I don't know. There are just, there's, you know, there's fun moments like when uh, 
someone has a really strong board and then you can you you play some card that clears that or right or at least dramatically weakens it and then win the game you know right after that like i don't know it's a it's a fun it's a fun back and forth I mean, i've certainly had that happen to me as well so again right, yeah. <laughs> not like i'm super poner at it or something but um but yeah i don't know i i i'm interested to see if anything will ever dethrone hearthstone um uh, a game from League of Legends, you know, from Riot, seems like it would have a shot because of how popular League of Legends is and how right. popular those characters are and, and all of that. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't know that Hearthstone is exclusively popular amongst Warcraft players, right? No, I mean, it definitely gained its initial population that way. Mm -hmm. Because they could say this is in the WoW universe. Like, I was surprised that it wasn't something that was tied to WoW. That you, like, loaded up within WoW, like, when you're in a tavern or something, right? Mm, like, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised that it wasn't that. Um, yeah. Because, like you said, that they do have a propensity for other types of minigames that ha can have whole hosts of their own content, a la the, like, Pokemon kind of thing that they've got going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think that their initial rush of players was that. I think that most of the people that weren't there that were there just because of wow dropped off pretty quick like before the first expansion probably right and then but they were as quickly replaced by the people that like because magic the gathering has had an online presence for a while like a long while but every time they try to do it it's just been bad except for i guess arena which is their newest one which i mm -hmm. haven't played right same but it's not that they haven't had stuff before that. It was just always bad. And so Hearthstone came in and just picked up all of those players that were disgruntled by the fact that, you know, those a good game in that area didn't exist. And I would say that Blizzard's not that the, that's their MO or anything, but I would say that they're pretty good at, at finding those scenes. Like, I think that a large part of StarCraft's success was a number of 40k players that were disgruntled by the number of bad games coming out of Games Workshop and their licensing agreements. Um, there was a lot of turn-based hex-style games that were terrible. And, you know, StarCraft comes along and says, here's an RTS that's essentially 40k reskinned. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, not that that's the only thing that it did well, uh, but I think, again, the initial rush of players is going to be a mix of people that were disgruntled with 40K and, you know, people who like Blizzard, which I would also agree, you know, works for Hearthstone and just some new players that like those genres. So, like, I'm not saying that all of the Hearthstone players came from, you know, disgruntled Magic players and WoW, but a, a healthy mix, I would say, you know, of mm -hmm. that area. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, Hearthstone, obviously, we did an entire episode about, well, a whole series about Blizzard and, you know, <laughs> talked about Hearthstone at length. And I haven't really played it a ton since then. So I don't have any brand new thoughts on Hearthstone. Um, other than just to say that I think that the Trading Guard game space is interesting. And I think that the digital version of it, where they allow you to earn cards for free, even if it's at a slow rate, helps that dramatically. Yes. Um, Whereas like there were like Valve tried to come out with Artifact two and a half or a year and a half ago and everything was for sale, which they thought, I think, because they were leveraging the Steam marketplace would be 
favorable because now you're not it's not because opening a pack of cards is like a loot box right right so they're getting away from that hey if you want this card a you can get it and b you can just pay real money for it and then the person who has it is now excited to sell it because they're going to get paid for it right and there's you can actually see a real value. In well, a it's not like it's not that's something that they haven't done before. There's trading cards. There's CS:GO skins. There's TF2 hats. Like, and these things all sell frequently and for sometimes significant amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think to them, from a business perspective, it's like, yeah, we, we've just always done this. I think the the problem though is that card games are inherently pay to win if you don't have right. the same cards. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that pain was felt very strongly in Artifact because yeah. there was no way to earn cards for free. And you can go and play, but if you're running into someone who has a card that you just don't have the ability to have yet, and the only way to get it is to buy it or buy packs... Which in right. Hearthstone, that's technically true, except in Hearthstone, you can A, earn free packs, and B, you can dust cards, right? So you can right. craft them. Um, anyway, Artifact failed pretty miserably. I think Legends of Runeterra is kind of a balance between Artifact and Hearthstone, where it um, it has more... It, it's closer to the way Magic plays, um, at least as far as I understand. I've only ever played one of the bad online versions of Magic. I've never played the physical version but basically like in hearthstone if it's my turn i have you know 10 mana or whatever it is and i can play as many cards as i want until i'm out of mana and can't play more cards or you know whatever reason i have to end my turn right and you as the opponent would get no option to interact until i've ended my turn which can result in some really long plays that people will make, which can be not fun to watch as the loser <laughs> of that. Um, Legends of Runeterra is more like magic in that, like, if I'm going to attack, then I, I say I'm attacking and select which units are attacking, and then it goes to you, and you have a chance to choose what units are going to block that attack right. and which attackers they're going to block. And then it goes back to me, and now if I have a spell that I want to play that modifies it, I can. But then you get a chance to play a counter spell or what, right. you know. So it, I don't know, it's kind of nice because it, it, like, there's plays where, like, for example, I have a, in one of the decks I'm playing, I have a card that allows me to kill any ally and then draw two cards. Well, if I get into a situation where the opponent is getting ready to use a spell to kill one of my units, I can then come in and play the spell that kills my card or kills my minion to give me two draws. Right. Cause it was going to die anyway. Exactly. It was getting yeah. ready to die to the spell. And it, I mean, not that that's like some super sophisticated thing, but it just, it lends itself to feeling at least <laughs> like, like you're making decisions. Well, you're happen. just more engaged in the gameplay. It's not mm-hmm. wait for your entire, cause I mean, Hearthstone is wait for your entire opponent's turn to be over. Yep. And, and magic, there's a lot of, uh, in response to you doing this, I'm going to do it. So, like, mm-hmm. in response to you blocking that creature with a giant that's going to squish it, 
I'm going to play a card that allows me to sacrifice it and draw two cards. Right. And that makes you feel, and sometimes you can even bet on that happening. And it causes their card to, maybe if they were going to cast a spell that does it, like I cast Lightning Bolt that deals three damage to it. And you're like, in response, I'm going to sacrifice it, draw two cards. Their Lightning Bolt still got played. It just, yes. quote unquote, fizzles, which means it goes to the discard pile. So you can actually like bait out cards like that. And that there's a higher level of strategy to doing that where you try to attack with something that's not so valuable that it hurts you if it dies but is not so useless that the opponent just takes the damage you want to bait out their their damage card so that next turn now you can play the big creature and they don't have the damage card that you kind of figured they probably had mm -hmm. and so it, it just offers that higher level strategy to the game where hearthstone outside of what you play on your turn there's zero strategy Right, right. I mean, there is still trying to bait things out in Hearthstone, right? Like, yeah, there are plays you make to do that. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I don't know Legends of Runeterra. I don't even know Hearthstone that anymore. Um, but I don't know Legends of Runeterra well enough to, like, anticipate what my opponent might have. Right. Um, I don't know all the different decks that are possible and that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it, again, I, I would say it feels more tactical maybe is the right word than than hearthstone but still not as you still don't have to play is it power or mana whatever right. whatever in magic you play in order to land land I think is what it's called to get yeah. your mana right you don't have to do that so there's still not quite as much layers or depth if you will as there is in magic um but yeah i don't know anyway so yeah legends of runeterra i've been having a good time with i'm really excited to see what riot's doing with Competing with Hearthstone, Valorant, their Counter-Strike-like game. Just competing with Blizzard. Like, yeah. until, it, 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 like, the next thing, I'm just waiting to see League of Legends, the MMO. I might try it. I, mean. I, I might try it. I actually <laughs> really enjoy, both in all of the MOBAs, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, ROG, Han, uh, you know, League of Legends, Dota, all of them have these characters that have just awesome backstories. Like, there's a profile with several pages of backstory for every single character in all of those games. And in every single one of them, it's like, this is a... Why do I only have four abilities? This character is awesome. I want to play as them or fight. Like, I want this to be more. Mm -hmm. And I would totally be down on full skill trees for every single one of those characters in some giant world. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it kind of it's. It, I don't know how how much sense this makes, I guess, but it, it's kind of like um, I think that sometimes things can be better with less explanation. Like, so what I mean by that is that the League of Legends characters all get to have a three paragraph, I don't know how long it actually right, yeah. is, but whatever. Some short synopsis of what their character is and then art, right? Right. And it's like, yep, that's cool, like that. But to some extent, I think the fact that it is such a short window into that character or small um, actually lends itself to it being more acceptable. Like there's less points where you could try and pick it apart. Yeah, And the I can more you expand, the better stronger it has to be i guess i'm also just looking at like there's an a thing that's hinted at which is a really awesome world that is not shown in the game the game yeah. is three lanes and jungle 
and three lanes in jungle i do not give a crap about there's mm-hmm. no world there there's what are the minions where do they come from why do they exist what is i'm like there's so much depth of story hinted at between these warring factions and you start seeing certain characters are like on one faction or the other you know and their sides or their allegiances and maybe some rulers in the background or some continents that are spoken of but like you don't get to see that world that's not played out anywhere in the game and it's like it's almost for for me it's almost frustrating because i see all of this amazing stuff that's hinted at that i don't get to engage with yeah yeah i'm trying to think of a another um like this is not a video game so my bad um but i i feel like it's somewhat gaming adjacent even though it's technically not uh but like love death and robots Mm -hmm. um for anyone who's not familiar animated series on netflix that's i don't know 10 or 15 animated shorts that are 8 to 20 minutes long each i don't know i don't even know if any of them are 20 but whatever close to Anyway, different artists, the, 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 each episode, if you will, is not connected to the last, wholly unique. Brett and I actually did a complete <laughs> deep dive review of it on The Walk Show, my other podcast. So if you're interested, check it out. But yep. anyway, uh, the reason I bring it up is because I think that Love, Death, and Robots is an example of something where they get to toss you into a story that's, again, maybe eight minutes long, and, and there's only so much time to kind of build the world if you will so very quickly they just like introduce things that you just have to accept as true without really having an opportunity to understand why it would be that way or does that really make sense and i think that 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 is a strength of it and when i say that i don't mean that it's better to make content that way as much as that I think maybe some of those episodes of Love, Death, Robots, if it was if each one of those was a two hour animation. Right. Maybe the ideas don't hold up as well. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Um, so I don't know. There might be some of that with my point just being that may be some of why we don't see more expansive content. Oh, yeah. It, it, it definitely too. does leave itself to being nitpicky. It leaves itself to mm-hmm. angering the fans because and I think especially with something that has had so much time in that space mm-hmm. is now every single fan has their own idea of what's going on. Right. Uh, because there's been too much time between the first characters, first three paragraphs and now. Right. Um, whereas I think, you know, Blizzard's taking a slightly different approach with something like overwatch where you had these, have these short story snippets that are completely disconnected from the gameplay, the gameplay yeah. of overwatch and the story of overwatch do not mesh. Right. The gameplay of Overwatch actually doesn't make any sense. It's right. like, why would this be what they spend their time doing? They're like, pushing yeah. a cart. They're pushing right. a cart. Like, right. <laughs> that's all we do is push carts. But, <laughs> and bad guys play with good guys, and people swap places with each other. Like, <laughs> but, right. um, right. but there hasn't, like, while there's been a significant amount of time since Overwatch's release and the first shorts have come out, not nearly as much time as over or league of legends first characters and first oh yeah so the fact that they're now proceeding with a kind of story mode campaign at least teased at for overwatch 2 is i think like there's less time and while there's still going to be fans that are going to be mad no matter what i think that they'll be more likely to have a greater population just accept what's going on 
than something like if a League of Legends with its fan base, you're just you will not please everyone, period. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested to see what else League of Legends does. Um, I guess the MOBA is already kind of their RTS space kind of game. <laughs> uh, and then obviously they've got the card game, they've got a chess auto battler, they've got at least one shooter. Although I feel like maybe there's a second shooter coming from them that I can't remember now off the top of my head. But um, either way, it, it, exciting to see a company that's as established as Riot is now through League of Legends branch out into other things and I think Legends of Runeterra is definitely an excellent uh, foray out into that genre. And Valorant, by all accounts, looks like it's doing really well. So yeah. um, hopefully more content from another big studio, you know? I mean, right. not that I don't love indies or have any problem with indies, but... Um, it is interesting to see the big studios actually compete. And compete in innovation, not can can we pump out another battlefield or another call of duty or another right. assassin's creed like right. nobody's challenging it's not like prince of persia and assassin's creed have been going back and forth with alternating releases like, right it's just assassin's creed nobody's competing with assassin's creed really for anything no no they're not um but yeah so i don't know so there i talked for a little bit so what, what have you played here this week <laughs> i actually have played a variety of games this week or in the last mm, does this mean half. two <laughs> hang, on, hang on at least two low three three uh let me minimize this here real quick and double check i don't know what's on my desktop at the moment i think i think three is i would i yeah, will we'll just add three. while we're counting the the reason that brins of persia and uh assassin's creed don't compete perhaps is they're both made by ubisoft right, i was thinking that when i said it but <laughs> well, I, I don't mean that as a call out i mean why is no other publisher publishing games of that ilk you know what right. i mean like, I, I was gonna say like the only other one that fits in that area would be like horizon zero dawn as kind yeah. of like a third person over the shoulder world exploration but even they're not pushing games every year Right. They're pushing I mean, for bigger releases over a longer period of time. So, mm -hmm. well, and just that theme of like, I mean, Prince of Persia is a little more specific, I guess, because Assassin's Creed now has spanned, you know, centuries and all sorts it's, of stuff. It's but. doing the the like TV show, which is like thing, which is like Assassin's Creed on boats, Assassin's Creed in space, Assassin's Creed dinosaur world. Like, I know. I wonder if they'll ever do a. a I, I'll tell you that actually would be something I would be pretty on board for, would be a futuristic sci-fi Assassin's Creed. Well, it, it bothers me because even, like, I haven't played, I will be honest, I haven't played any, yeah, I haven't played any of the Assassin's Creed games. The closest no. I've played in the world is the one VR game that we spoke about, mm. um, which exists in that universe. But I do know plenty about the Assassin's Creed universe because it's everywhere and I've read a ton about it and I have friends that have played it and stuff and they talk about it and then I go look up stuff on it. I just never got into playing them. Yeah. Um, but I like the whole like it actually does take place in the future and you're kind of reliving through these historic moments sort of thing through the yeah. But that again is just an example of there's a story in the background that isn't played through. Like at what point in the, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just don't know, but at what point in the Assassin's Creed universe do you wake up and get unplugged from the machine? Actually pretty frequently. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know. But it seemed like there's been 
this kind of futuristic game. I only said that too because you said there's not been a futuristic one. So I was well, thinking... but you don't. To be clear, when you unplug the machine, you're back in the modern world, but you're not running around playing assassin, right? right. You're just Desmond or who, whatever the guy is. Um, so I, I just mean it's not. To, um, yeah, you're not running around playing assassin in the future. You're playing modern boring person in Did, the future. Are you at least like a cool detective? No. Is there like a conspiracy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'll just throw some tropes out here. One of them's got to stick. It can't be that complicated. Yeah. And I don't even know. I stopped. I paid attention to, to that story for a while. And then I even got to a point where I was like, look, I don't, I actually don't play these games to run around in a, you know, a, you play a them modern you building. buildings and stab people. Yeah, and <laughs> climb stuff and see scenes and whatever. Cool. Like I don't, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, weird that weird that no one else is doing that. Anyway, I completely derailed you. You played <laughs> no, three games fine. this weekend, it's fine. week, and they uh, are. So I play. I'm still playing Don't Starve, um, oh. although with a little bit less frequency. Yeah, I have been somewhat intrigued. I watched, so I ended up. I've been watching videos because there's like how to do something uber fast or whatever guides. And then once you watch one or two of those, of course, YouTube just recommends you like, here's the fu- you like don't starve fire hose of don't starve. Like, right. And it was, blah, 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 I don't want every video, you know, but anyway, um, so I was suggested one that was a speed runny or not even a speed run, but a attempt at doing a thing in don't starve Hamlet, which is their latest single player expansion. <clears throat> And I, I mean, I watched it and it's a whole, Hamlet is a whole thing. It's, I would say it's akin to how, um, Shipwrecked was like its own whole, so it's like, it's got its whole own universe realm. I guess you can tie it into your normal Don't Starve game. Uh, if you have Reign of Giants, you can like swap between the two worlds eventually, but it still is just its own giant massive content. And I was just seeing stuff that I was like, oh my God, I don't, it was almost overwhelming to watch the video because I was like, I don't want to learn all of that again. I, I, <laughs> it took me, I, I don't eat, I have not even played through all of the content and don't starve together. And I've never beaten all of the realms and don't starve to like get to Maxwell or whatever. So there's still tons of content that I haven't touched. And I feel pretty competent at the game. Mm. Like we're like, I, I don't even know. Last I even thought about it, we were over 250 days in. Mm-hmm. So like, and we're still pushing. Now we're starting to chug towards bigger boss fights. Um, we just had our first fight against Klaus, which is the Santa Claus bad guy. Uh, and even with the ability to respawn at campfires, putting six campfires around the area where we were going to fight the boss prepping for several days of building nothing but high quality health regen foods and weapons and like 50 electric blow darts and 20 water balloons to take care of the, use the blow darts at their full advantage. We still, which there is a picture if you follow on our Twitter, you can go and look uh, a, a graveyard's worth of corpses 
just littering the ground. We ended up having to Zerg rush the last 200 health off of him, where it's just, don't even worry about your stuff lying on the ground. Just respawn and run up and punch him. Or, like, grab a grab a spear and go hit him once and then just die. Because his 200 health, We oh yeah, and, like, a half a stack of gunpowder, too. We threw everything that we had. and And we didn't even, like do the enraged mode which you get by like killing a stupid reindeer like so we were just fighting like normal boss time and he pretty much wrecked and and several rollbacks we rolled back probably four or five times over two days and going through all of this prep and trying to do it different ways it was a nightmare um can you imagine playing it on the normal standard oh yeah no that's what i said like last time when we talked about don't starve it's like you get to fight him once and then you're dead (laughs) And then you have just 30 days or 200 days to start over that you have to play back through. Right. Like, well, and then you go watch the YouTube video. Of it. It's like uh, Klaus on day 35, no damage. And like somebody without armor using a hand bat somehow <laughs> kiting. Every, and it looks so easy. It's like, yeah, all you do is you just dodge whenever he does a swing thing. And that's that's easy. I can do that. We burn through tons of equipment and 50 some odd darts and 10 gunpowder and we're all running around like maniacs like oh god all of our equipment's on fire you have to you died but it's all on fire like ah just so the most similar story i have are if you're mid- no no i mean that's i we that we we beat klaus which is our first of the non not giants the non-seasonal bosses so we've beaten all the seasonal bosses and even have areas that are just set up for them to just kind of insta die and they're no problem and now we're trying to fight the other like side bosses but each one we have to gear up for forever and dealing with the seasons on top of that and just normal trying not to starve and die um so that's been a thing but yeah don't starve has been it's not as like i said it's not as frequent um one of the other players that I play with has recently started a new job. So that's kind of cut in. I've been busy at work lately and there's just been other life stuff going on. Plus I just can't take that much. Don't starve. I just can't play with that fever. Like I still want to play. I still want to see this stuff, but I can't do it. You know, 24. I can't no life it. It, it reminds me it's different because it's not a hardcore experience in that same way, but it reminds me of um, me and a buddy played arc. And we had played Ark uh, on PvP servers and played for a long time and eventually grew to hate it and, and stopped. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then one time we were like, you know what, let's just do a private server with just the two of us and we'll just try and, and breed and tame dinos to beat the bosses because Ark actually has bosses. Oh, okay. Uh, and you can actually like beat the game. There's like cutscenes and stuff. So we were like, awesome. we'll just try and do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, cool. So we 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 get some dinosaurs and we get some like dire bears and like a bigfoot kind of creature thing. And I don't know. We've got. I think you can take when you go to the boss fight. I think you can take like we'll say twenty creatures. It might be more, but I'll say twenty creatures you can take with you. So we were like, cool. Let's get our 20 strongest creatures and let's get in there and, you know, we'll kill this thing. And we didn't bring any of, we didn't bring just like a raptor or anything really right. basic. We brought what we thought were beefy, cool creatures, you know, and uh, on all high level. And, uh, and we get in and we spawn the boss and we got it to like 
92% health. <laughs> and it killed everything. <laughs> so while the game wasn't hardcore and that we had to start over literally, we did lose all of those creatures and all right. of those had to be retamed. And then the ones that we bred have to be rebred. <sighs> and it was just like, wow. So then I was like, well, I didn't, to my discredit, I guess I didn't go look up a video first of how this is done. And yeah, the way it's done is you just take 20 max level fully bred to have min max stats T-Rexes and that's what you go fight the boss with. But that's not it's fun. Like, no. That means there's only one way to do it. If that requires that much min maxing to even have well, a chance, like... Well, and there's also just no... There's no skill to it. It's just simply like here's a number that you have to beat and do you have enough stuff to throw at that number? There is right. no, well, if you play it this way or you do this strategy or that strategy or none of that, it's just, yeah, get in there with all the biggest stuff and just throw it and see if it's face breaks against <laughs> your stuff. And it's like, anyway, it just reminded me of that talking about like you guys, you know, if you were playing hardcore or whatever and you show up to fight the boss, it was like, all right, we're done. Yeah. So, See you later. Even if we were on like standard don't starve with like having to go back to a portal and respawn. And if all of you die, then the world ends like, yeah. And while we're at a point where it's like, not even if we had those respawn mechanics, it wouldn't be a huge deal. Cause we can make the, like the hearts to re and the booster shots and everything to get all your stuff back. No big deal, but it would still end the boss fight and it would have ended the boss fight. And we still would have lost most of the supplies that used mm -hmm. to fight them. And like, mm -hmm. and even with a Zerg rushing it, like none of us felt like the rewards that we got, because we didn't get any of the ultra rare drops or even the somewhat rare ones. There's like one that's a one in 10 chance to drop, um, like the Krampus sack, which is like a super backpack. Didn't get that. Got some cool items, but not anything over the top that we couldn't pretty much already get. Uh, so it was... I got to check. I've probably been the most optimistic of the group in just that I'm happy that we got to check that boss off our list. I never have to fight him again. I have now beaten him. I don't care if it was Zerg rushing. I don't care. It wasn't cheating. We did not type in an, any commands to spawn anything in game. So I consider that a win. And now I can mark that. It's like it's kind of like how I've never beaten the end of Dragon in Minecraft, like I've mentioned. Just like I get to now check that off my list and I never have to do it again. Right. I don't have to think about, oh, gee, if I could just go back to play Don't Starve to beat that one last boss. Nope. Don't care. Done. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a really good, strong feeling that once we're through beating all of these other bosses at least one time, I very well may never come back to Don't Starve. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's, I'm already there. I already <laughs> never come back to Don't Starve. I mean, if, if I look at Don't Starve together, I did play that, let's see, October of last year. Okay. But, but it was very, very limited time. Kind of log in, pick up a carrot, remember what you're doing and log out sort of thing. Yeah, log in and go, mm, no, I don't think so. Um. But regular don't starve. I'm just gonna. Oh, just regular gonna... don't starve. I haven't played in forever. Right. Yeah. Don't starve. Don't starve by yourself. Uh, 2015. So five. Yeah. Nearly I'll... five and a half years now. Probably about the same where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm definitely now into like, I'm not sick of the game, 
but I definitely have kind of switched gears, not totally, but at least somewhat into, I guess, like, quote unquote, achievement running where it's like. I really just want to beat these bosses so that I don't that I can say I did it and that we had an, and then have an awesome base and take some cool screenshots of it. But after that, I don't know what I would gain from continuing to play. Like, that's where you have to start making your own arbitrary challenges of like, okay, well, now I have to fight Claws without dying. No, don't care. Don't really care to make that arbitrary. I mean, it's already arbitrary that we're just trying to beat the bosses that are in the game. But that's at least an attainable goal that is in the game, like, to begin with. So Yeah, I can't remember what I was looking at the other day. Uh, I I can't remember what game it was now. Oh, I know it was Dauntless, which is which I think I mentioned yeah. recently. But it's the it's like a Monster Hunter type game uh, that's on the Epic Store. It's free to play. But Dauntless gets boring real fast. Like there's not that many weapons and there's not that many enemy types, and it's just kind of press a button and hit your face into a wall and I don't know, eventually the thing dies. It's a pretty game and I enjoyed it for a little bit, but it it gets it gets repetitive pretty quickly. But so I was thinking about it from like the developer's standpoint, like what are they what do they think they're getting from like what do they think they're making? Right. I think it runs out of steam very quickly and I'm not alone in that sentiment. And then I realized, like, I I guess at some level, the idea is supposed to be that just that activity is just fun. Like, it's I in an ideal world, Dauntless, which I'm sure all games are this way, but whatever, Dauntless is supposed to be like, it's just fun to take your character and go out and fight these monsters. And, and you can do it with friends or whatever, yeah. so maybe you're co-oping. And that and that is fundamentally supposed to be true. Then all the other stuff where you get extra weapons or extra mods or whatever, and you can kind of customize the way you play, all that still surrounds the idea that fundamentally it's just enjoyable to play that game. And I don't know how often I feel that way about a game. Well, does that make sense? I mean, this gets into a little bit more of a meta discussion, but I think that loops should be in service to kind of each other and to the game because uh, it's hard. I, I'm not sure how I want to run this comparison, but in a sense, you could almost say that WoW is the same game. Yeah, so that would be, that's but actually... The, the loops are different. Well, that's the one example of a game I could think of where I was like, I guess I just think this game is fun. Also, ding, I was the one to bring up. (laughs) Wow. True. That's true. (laughs) And I even played it, but I hadn't mentioned it. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I guess I just like to play WoW. So then that's why I can go back over and over again. Well, I mean, just on Friday night, I I rolled a new warlock, a, a new character, and leveled it from 1 to 20. I, I've probably leveled a warlock from 1 to 20 like four other times in my WoW career. Right. Like, 
it's not like I've never done that. And it's not like I've not leveled characters all the way to max level on multiple servers and both Horde and Alliance and everything. And, and yet there I was like, still, still thought it was engaging. Right. Well, and it's like, I, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, and to some extent, I even have to like, it sounded like I was bashing Dauntless. And if someone listening likes Dauntless, I'm like, oh, your game's boring. Wow is objectively not that much more exciting. Like I get, and so I, I'm not even hating on, on someone liking Dauntless. Like I, I guess, I guess as much as to say that, like for me, for example, at least it didn't grab me that way. Right. But with WoW, I don't know actually, because I don't know how much it is that like I just love the playing as much as that there are so many other things surrounding what you can do in WoW. Like you can yeah, go to so but many how many of those things do you engage in? I mean, quite a bit, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I go, I do, I go to different continents and just explore. And like, sometimes I go quest or sometimes I just go around and do what they call archaeology, where you find different artifacts at different locations on the map and whatever. Um, I go PVP. I do okay. dungeons. Fair enough. I so you do actually. Uh, so I only ask that because like a Path of Exile or a Diablo, it's fair to say that even the developers know that fighting monsters is not the core game loop. Right. That the core game loop is gear and see and getting big numbers and having cool gear and cool stuff on your character. And in fact, instead of the appearance of the game is fighting monsters, but fighting monsters is actually the loop that's in service to gearing. And right. gearing is actually the core of right. both of those styles of games. And going out and fighting monsters is just something that you can you can do um you know well it's kind of the only thing you can do well, yeah. right <laughs> well and my point being that unlike a wow or something like if all i could do was go quest right I don't play but i just mean that like there's people that i mean i even have friends that have one or two games that are their primary games and they're excited for every new season that comes out and they've leveled every character to max level in diablo and gotten every set and done all of the maps in path of exile or whatever um and still enjoy that you know again it's they enjoy i guess i guess when you say you enjoy the game i feel like a game is a sum of its parts maybe yeah yeah and even if you I, don't like one loop sometimes you can still enjoy a game and don't like one loop of it um yeah. and sometimes not liking a loop is not liking the game um, right so but then, like, like a game like Factorio, no, that's not a good example because it's not entirely true. Stardew Valley might be a better example. I loved Stardew Valley when it came out. Played it and got four torches from Grandpa or whatever. I don't know. Got the got all accomplished all the things you're supposed to in those first two years, and thought that that was so great. But actually, when I've tried to go back to, to Stardew Valley, it's hard for me to stay in it. Because I think a lot of it was actually kind of the novelty of discovering yeah. things in the game and like, oh, wow, now I can get this kind of sprinkler. Like, oh, wow, now there's this new zone or I don't know, whatever. But once I knew how all that was going to work, it's it's much less attractive to me to go back and spend that kind of time. Well, yeah, and I think that that's fair to say for both of us is that both of us are highly novelty driven. Um 
Whereas, yeah, once I've beaten every boss in Don't Starve, I don't think I'm going to need to fight him again. Yeah. Um, but there are players that want... All, maybe theirs is all of the gear in the game, so they want every drop from every boss. And there's players that just want a giant mega base, you know. And I think that those are all adequate ways to play as well. They're just not the way I want to play that game. Yeah, well, that's what made me think of it was when you said like, once I beat the bosses, I may never come back. And it's like, I definitely am that way with most games. Like, once I've seen this, I've seen it, and it's highly unlikely that I spend very much more time here. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so I actually have a comparison to draw to another game that I've played this week and a similar but different problem. Okay. So Don't Starve, it's very clear that you beat all of the bosses. Like, those are clear, definable things, goals. Ch ch antagonists. They're clear antagonists to your gameplay, especially the giants, because they'll come in and just start wrecking your base, and you, you have to fight them. Right. Um, some of the bosses you don't have to ever fight, but you can. I also picked back up Kerbal this week, Kerbal Space Program, which we haven't talked a lot about, but is one of my all-time, it's in my top five most played games of anything. And if I just like to say for the record, I've pushed you to talk about it. Go on. That's <laughs> Wow. I'm not even going to engage in that. Um, we were going to pair it with other stuff. It was going to happen. Whatever. I played it this week. I got the uh, uh, Breaking Ground expansion because uh, it was on... It was on sale again. It's been on sale a bunch of times, and I've just never picked it up. Uh, Kerbal's one of those games, again, kind of like Minecraft. I have i don't know how many hours I have in Kerbal because I have unpaired it from Steam so many times that like, I've just had... I copy and paste it out of my Steam folder and then mod it all to craziness and then put a 500 hours in there, and then I do a regular run and a 100 hours there. I don't know how many hours I played. I know it's probably more than a thousand. It's probably, if not, very close to my most played game. But like, like I said, I just don't know. However, put it back in. Um, first thing, so I decided I wasn't going to do a heavily modded run. I wanted to try and play with some of the new parts and just, I was going to do a couple of small quality of life mods. That's it. And then see what the game has to offer, especially because I've got new DLC. I want to check that out. First thing I'm going to do, let's do a let's do a normal career. I mean, I know Kerbal. I've played it plenty. Let's do just a normal career, and that'll give me some actual missions to run and some things to do. Well, in my opinion, the career mode was kind of, and it was added later, but it does also feel a little bit arbitrary, a little tacked on, because there are some of the missions that like especially in your early missions you're trying to earn reputation and science points and money to build rockets with and stuff so you want to do missions that you could do just on Kerbin, your home world so it's like well fly to these three locations and do a survey of them Psst. hey everyone it's sorry to interrupt but we have an exciting announcement to make we are running our first contest to say thanks for listening we have an extra copy of the game Gree on Steam, and if you want it, all you have to do is send an email to pickupyourstickspodcast at gmail.com. Use the subject line contest and include a short message in the body. Tell us why you listen, your favorite episode, or any comments or critiques that you have of the show. The email address can be found in the show notes. The drawing will be on June 1st, and you can only enter one time. Your chances are better than you think, so if you want a copy of the hidden gem of a game Gree, which we discuss on the episode Beautiful Platforming, 
just send us an email with the subject contest, tell us your thoughts, and keep an eye out on your email on June 1st to see if you've won. This is a thank you for those that listen to the episodes. So, if you want your friends to enter, just ask them to listen to any of the episodes released between May 10th and May 24th for the details. Please, no sharing on Twitter or social media. Let's get back to the show. But that's not fun. I want to, I, I don't want to build a plane. And I also, I don't have any idea just from looking at the missions. I don't know where any of these locations are. I don't know if they're halfway across the planet or if they're in my backyard. Can I get there in a biplane or do I have to have a supersonic jet? Like, I don't know how much fuel I need. I know nothing, right? So it wasn't very long before I was just like, eh, maybe I don't need all of these arbitrary goals because they're not goals that I want to play. So like, mm-hmm. well, I'll do a science playthrough because I'm like, I don't want to just do a sandbox. I don't want to have to come up with my own things. I want to at least have some external pressure in the game, right? So I'll do a science playthrough. And, you know, that's a, that's easier and, and I understand it enough and I'm, you know, earning some science points. But again, a lot of the easy to earn science is doing a bunch of arbitrary stuff around the base to just kind of get your grab bag science. Because while you can get to the moon on really low tech parts, it's very difficult and it's not, it doesn't feel right to me. Like I want to have normal landing legs. I don't want to have to make struts sticking out at a weird angle and land at 0.1 meter a second to like get there. Right. Right. Um, I just realized for the uninitiated Kerbal is a physics sandbox game all about uh, minions running a space program. Um, but it's been around for quite a while. A lot of people are at least somewhat familiar with it. Um, yeah, you literally build spaceships. Yeah, you literally build spaceships and you do literal orbital mechanics. And there's still plenty of fun to be had in watching things explode and go horribly wrong. And you don't need to know orbital mechanics to play it. But if you know them, it helps. It's probably the only game where if you have like a science, math, and, enge- and or engineering degree that... I guess, or what I mean to say is that there's a knowledge skill cap in the game instead of there, there's some mechanical skill in flying and, you know, you can have a joystick or whatever. You can be a good pilot. Um, but there's also just some math skill that you can apply to the game to be better at it. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it was you and then our other, another friend of ours that plays quite a bit. I mean, you didn't start this way at first. You were just playing and just knew doing what you knew. Um, taking the knowledge you had to try and build rockets and right. trial and error, whatever. But eventually, like, you guys were actually looking up orbital yeah. terminology because it turns out if you want to go from here to Saturn, it really does help if you understand how to catch a ride on the moon's orbit. Yep. and then Or when to leave and why does that yeah. matter? Uh, right. Or just what is an apoapsis and why do you want to burn at your periapsis and what is a Hoffman transfer and like you know it, it, it right. there is there's just a lot to it and I will say on behalf of the audience I don't know yeah anyway go on <laughs> <laughs> I don't know them all perfectly but right. I have a, I have a little bit of understanding what delta v is and I don't I can't calculate it by hand but if you show it to me I can compare it to another number and tell you if it's I've good always been it. more of like a delta w guy yeah. myself. <laughs> Nice try. You gotta at least be like Delta Epsilon. You know, you gotta you gotta at least stick with Greek letters. What's worse is I almost said Delta Four because when you said Delta V, I am heard in my head Delta Five because V is broken. 
I'm not real bright. Anyway, go on. But go all on. of this is to say, to, to, to bring it back around, is that – so I've been playing, and my biggest issue – I'm running into the same point that I'm running into with like Minecraft, Terraria, anything else, is that I don't – especially in a game that I've already put a bunch of time into – now there are there's actually more things I haven't done in Kerbal probably than I have. I haven't been to most of the planets. <laughs> I definitely yeah, haven't put a base in 2012, right? I mean, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, I think like 2014. Okay. But somewhere in there. Um but yeah, it's been I was very early adopter on the boat of the Kerbal Space Program before much else other than the moon was available. But I wasn't quite on the board when orbit wasn't possible. Um, I was a little bit later than that. But <laughs> but it, it's to say there's more in the game that I haven't done than have. But there's nothing driving me to do it other than my own willpower and want to do it. Right. Um, and I guess I kind of struggle with a game that doesn't have an antagonist or even an antagonistic drive. Like... It doesn't have to be something coming to destroy my space. For, like an asteroid is headed here. You have to go divert it, you know. But even just having like even in a, a good achievement system is kind of a mod that you have to have. Um, and there's also just I guess nothing in the game really changes as you progress. Like science allows you to unlock stuff. I don't know. There's some disc there's some slight disconnects with how you play the game and how it rewards you. And then I guess a lot of the early rewards I've seen before and all of the later rewards, you either have to earn them by spamming science gathering in a very not fun way or reaching out and getting to those much harder places. But it's hard to get to those places without the better science. It's not mm -hmm. like the, it's not as close to a gear check. Um, there's it's a lot more like a forex where you can research yourself into a hole that makes it very difficult to get out of. Um but it's I just kind of question I feel like games that have an antagonistic driver or a story I will go back and play just because I want to beat that next boss or see that next story bit and even in a game that I've only experienced let's roughly call it 30% of I don't know that I'm even that high, but I'll give myself a little bit of credit and say I've done quite a few things in Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. 30% of the actual content in the game I've experienced in some way or another. And I'm and I love the game, but I'm just not as driven to go play it. Whereas in something like even a Don't Starve, I'm at a point where I could take it or leave it now. You know, if it weren't if it weren't for the fact that I had friends also enjoying it, I definitely would be out. Um, but I've got friends enjoying it. I'm not playing it in service to them, but it's just enjoyable to hang out with them. And also, yeah, yeah let's go fight some bosses. Cool. Whatever. Let's do it. Um, but if those, if those bosses weren't there or if they're already beaten or if we do beat them, like, which is why I'm almost not in a rush to do it. Cause I'm trying to balance like how much, how my burnout to game content. I'm trying to find an equilibrium where those both cancel out at the same time. That would be perfect. But, um, but I, I find myself burning out a lot quicker on a Minecraft or a Kerbal because the antagonist isn't driving anything. Like the Ender Dragon doesn't. No. 
there's no incursion on your world that you have to push back. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why Terraria is more engaging over a long, for me has been something I've, I've been able to go back to for longer, more often right. in Minecraft because Terraria has bosses and gear and progression and the know? corruption like, in the hallow. Like they will take over your world if you don't fight them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, so that's, so, so yeah, that's on the one hand, like, I mean, I guess in either, in either case though, we're still, we're still ultimately kind of on the side of like, I'm not playing this just because I'm enjoying playing it. Right. Like I'm, I'm playing it because either there's some set of challenges that the developer has made or, or, or something. I don't, but see, but that, but with Kerbal, that's such a tough example because I mean, you used to write out campaigns. Oh, yeah, no, I've, I've built tons of my own stuff, like entire colonies on the Mars planet and, and the moon and having, you know, whole story. I did a whole story session one where the AI autopilot mod MechJeb, I took kind of a from the beginning route and did a whole story where it was sent, supposedly sent to help like prepare a planet for colonization and instead went rogue and used the construction mod to build its own star, you know, stuff and not prepare the planet and instead try to announce its own freedom a la the Matrix and, you know, call mm. its new planet Zero One and rah, rah, rah. And <laughs> nice. Um, well, so, I mean, I guess, and really, to some extent, is this what kind of, is this ultimately kind of how Avorion fizzled? Was, there just wasn't really anything else left to change? Yeah, and that's so it? weird, because, uh, I don't know, Avorion has a ton of content that I hadn't seen, too. I, had, right. I guess I'd gotten to a point where I was self-sufficient enough within the game loop that the rest of the game loop seemed like an arbitrary extension of what I'd already mastered. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really seem like there was much more outside of, you know, once you have a fleet of ships that have fighters that can mine entire sectors for you and all of the weapons to just that nothing can really touch you until you move to the next zone where all of that is just gear checked, but there's nothing to be gained by going there. That's kind yeah. of where it, that's where it fizzled for me. Um, yeah. And Kerbal's not totally fizzled. I, I definitely am doing a science playthrough, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I haven't I haven't even gotten to the point where I can unlock anything in the Breaking Ground expansion, which is largely stuff that was already existed in mods. But I just want to see what the official take is. Mm -hmm. I'm you know there's two really big events going on with Kerbal right now. Um, the which of course I'm, by the time this is out, it'll be kind of right around in there. But uh, the in the real world, the first manned space flight from the U.S. soil is going up to the the International Space Station um, on a Dragon capsule, and Kerbal Space Program has actually partnered with NASA to give your best recreations of a Dragon capsule docking with an International Space Station, and how and the, and left it totally open. Just show us what you got. Um, and the best ones will show the people on the International Space Station. Like, we'll send them to NASA, and NASA's totally on board, and there's a Twitter campaign. You can find out. Hmm. I, I don't know if you're if you're listening to this live, then you can probably still engage. Um, by the time this comes out, I believe uh, most of it is kind of happening 
maybe even some of it was done yesterday. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. totally in on the dates with that, but a lot of that may be somewhat in the past. Um, the Also, the European Space Agency is partnering with NASA to do some mission packs uh, in a similar way as the uh, Making History expansion added a bunch of stuff. I believe the... You European, mean with Kerbal? Yeah, with Kerbal Space Program. Sorry, with... with uh, yeah. uh, take two and something division i'm trying to remember all i remember is they they're they're not squad anymore it is squad but squad doesn't really exist anymore it's a private Uh, division private division and take two um, mm. are now the owners of the rights to kerbal but have partnered with the european space agency and nasa to do a whole bunch of cool stuff which is just i think that's awesome that like it's close enough to real it's not real world physics but it's close enough and uses at least real world math that actual space agencies want people interested in these games so that people go into engineering because a lot of people have said that they've just i didn't know anything about engineering i played kerbal space program i learned some stuff on wikipedia i watched scott manley on youtube and then i actually wanted a degree in aerospace engineering like a lot of people have gotten into it because they found a joy for that, which I think is, a, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to get a degree in troll hunting from, you know, cause you liked it in wow, but <laughs> you think the day you LARP, then you can, then you can say that. <laughs> I think we're a ways away from that day. Still, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I can't even play a D and D round without arguing with the DM about inflation. So <laughs> I, I, I have LARPed, so I, I made a Naganata <laughs> once, you know, it, it's a thing. Um, anyway, so Kerbal Space Program, I've played as well. And I, and I question my own, if there's not a, a good enough antagonist, like, but and so I'll counterpoint this with the other last big game that I've played, which you will be very happy of, and we've spoken some. This won't be a shock. Uh, GTA Five. Oh right, right, right. Free on the Epic Store. Um, Almost shot of Rocket League out. Just so we're clear, I was like, <sighs> really? <laughs> nope. No. Remember, I checked because it was supposed to be. I thought it was supposed to be free. Or at one <laughs> point, you had offered to buy it for me, and I rejected that. And then, Probably. so now I'm now I'm just stuck on my own. But because that I because the offer was free, I just assumed it was free to play and subsisted on microtransactions. That is not the case. It's actually a full precious game. <laughs> and 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 I will say to their credit, something that they do that I think is, um, I, I an honorable Rocket thing. League I guess we're talking about still. <laughs> yeah, Rocket League. They do have microtransactions and they do have loot boxes. And every time you play a match, you get a key to a loot box or something. But you have to pay for the loot box to Mm. apply the key to it, right? Right. However, you can go into the options, and they introduced this pretty much right alongside the introduction of loot boxes, and you can shut that off. You can shut it off. So your account is still getting the key, but you don't actually see... um, You don't actually see it. There's no flashy gaudy pop-up show yeah so like i shut it off as far as i know when i'm playing there are no microtransactions right. even though i know there are so good on them that's for... cool that's cool i'll get i'll give them that so anyway it's not free though which means yeah. that now to shut you down i have to go purchase it um so i have wish listed it 
it'll be in a humble bundle soon enough and then it'll be yours anyway it'll be on a sale or it'll be a humble bundle and you'll get a copy of it which means i get a copy of it (laughs) (sighs) anyway so anyway gta5 i am really excited that you play gta5 (laughs) literally my favorite video game franchise of all time you have you have wanted me to play it I have. I mean, I did a whole episode about it. Second to Rocket League in number of times I've had to hear, "Hey, Brett, you gonna play this?" Like, true. Yeah. So Rocket more because Rocket League is so much more easy to get into, right? Because it's just a you just play matches. Yeah. Whereas GTA, there's a whole story. There's all the you know, there's a lot going on. But here's the kicker. I actually kind I'm in such a weird place with GTA Five because, as you know. I have a hard time, like, I can separate, like, my, oh, what do they call it? My ability to deal with reality, like, I can separate reality from game and enjoy a game. Like, my suspension of disbelief. So disbelief, I can easily suspend. No problem. My moral compass, I cannot so easily suspend. A la prison architect. Uh. <laughs> I can't take these. <laughs> you definitely run around and murder people in games all of the time. But most, You're fine. they're mostly like digital. Like I know, like, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, like Saints Row. They're all fake. They're not like so. It's a Far fake Cry in Primal. a fake. Far Cry Primal. Hmm. Far Cry Primal. Um, no digital. Yeah, but they're, they're like just, bad. But they're not bad. They're just survivors. They just have their own. No, they're tribe. definitely just... trying to kill me. In GTA 5, none of the pedestrians walking around are trying to kill you unless you, like, shove them. Yeah, I was going to say, you can definitely, you can turn that There, around. There are some that will eventually attack you, like, if you honk your horn enough times. Like, somebody will just call the cops on you for a disturbance. Mm-hmm. But, again, I feel like you're in. Every last phone call they make with me in that game, you know what I'm saying? Tap, tap, you know? <laughs> click, clack, don't come back, you know? So, <laughs> I, but I mean, just, like... In a game that is supposed to be immersing you, sometimes it can be difficult for me to make a morally bad choice. I feel like if I'm trying to defend my tribe, and old boy comes up, and I try to give old boy a chance in Far Cry Primal, and he tries to stab me, well, now there's just no... I tried to give you the option, now we're at war. Doing what I gotta do. And now I'll kill everyone who I associate with you without a second thought. Only because they attack me, and they're enemies on the radar. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's like I said. It's I don't either, which is why I'm challenging fair. you. It's, it's fair. You have a point. You have a point. <laughs> I guess I the real. So here's here's where it comes down to. I have a hard time playing a gang member or some ex bank robber. I'm not very far into the story. Um, yeah. Michael. Yeah. I have a hard time playing as either of these characters because I am forced to make decisions that I wouldn't make. Like, yeah, but that's what role playing is. No, yeah, no, it doesn't. You are not. F- make- you know, okay, if you're trying to compare it to D anD D, then hard no. How no? You're because, playing as a character, not yeah, as you. But you can make the decisions of that character, and you can make whatever decision you want them to make. I can't choose to not get in a gang fight. The story said, at least in the story mode, you are forced yeah, yeah. into this gang fight. It is the required mission to progress, and you have to kill every single dude to escape this place because there's you can't climb out a window. 
right. there's no alternate exit. You will brutally murder 30 gang members to leave this warehouse. Period. Yeah. In 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 D and D, you could choose to climb out the window, to throw out a rope. Nope. To... You rolled a one. Nope. You rolled. That's a... not. This is not. Well, we're playing D and D soon. And I'm the DM. Nope. And I'm the DM. Oh, if play. you play by the rules, yes. <laughs> From what I understand, <laughs> okay, I will loan you my DMG, and and we'll see how this goes. It'll end in shouting. It, sure you won't know. open the cover. You will do it as nothing but a troll me session, where you'll say, "Yeah, yeah, I read it. I know what's going on." And the second I question anything, you'll be like, "No, no, no, my game." Da, da, da. That's not how it works. And I'll be like, you didn't read it. And all of this turns into you laughing at me to see how mad you can get me to get by not reading it. No. No. A hundred percent yes. Okay, anyway. So GTA 5. Our audience doesn't know how that you just are lying right now. <laughs> that it 100% no would be. They can clearly see I'm sitting. Go on. See, Go only on. the live cast people can see this. Our like 70% share of Pandora listeners, shout out Pandora listeners, does not get to see this interaction. Go go to Twitch. Sure. Check out our VODs. Look at look at his face. It's all about the face. <laughs> A face of warmth and kindness. Go on. Go on. GTA 5. <sighs> anyway, no. it to D D. <laughs> saying best game go i on. am forced to make some morally objectionable choices um and and again choices that i wouldn't make so like i'm playing through the character and i am actually engrossed in the story which is where we're getting to is i want to see what happens next but then have to fight the like but no no all of this would be fixed if you just didn't do this just stop <laughs> and, right. and so but you know i guess some of that is like the same feeling that you get by watching like a horror film or something. It's a, a series of unfortunate events that are coalescing in a really interesting way. And I'm really excited to see where it goes for those characters that continue to make the bad decision, um, which is just kind of an interesting expression of like how much faster things can spiral out of control by making the bad decision than how much they'll stay together if you make the right one like everything is very plain and boring if you make the right decision all the time and even in the real world but if you mm -hmm. constantly choose the bad thing you end up in a dark place very fast <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um so i'm very torn because on the one hand i'm okay with the video game aspect of some of the mature subject matter we won't get into all of it because we've already had one episode mature tagged and we don't need another but uh, it was actually the episode about grand theft auto was, so. yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying we don't need to reiterate all of that stuff it's also not that i'm stopping at every stoplight like whatever oh okay <laughs> i thought you were balking me he's <laughs> coughing um so yeah, I don't stop at every stoplight. I definitely am playing the game probably just as intended, um, you know. And and I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. It's fun to drive a race car. There, I haven't even. I'm very. I I often am torn between. God, I'm I'm so self contradictory is what I'm discovering. I want to go play Need for Speed Grand Theft Auto, and go mod my car and trick it out 
but I don't know how to earn money yet through the storyline because I'm not to some radiant point where I'm robbing banks all the time and everything just costs a lot of money and I'm just not earning it. So I don't want to do that. But I'm also like, I want to do that instead of dive into the story. But the story is what brings me to load the game up every time. It's like, oh, I want to see what's next in the story. Um, And just because the one racing mission that I... I've unlocked the first racing mission that you can go on that I definitely just didn't win. And because you don't win, it doesn't advance that storyline. Um, was It was hard. And it was it, and it had it wasn't enough. Like it definitely I could see where it could use polish like it could be a better need for speed could be a better game than GTA because it's built to be a racing game and GTA is built to be this whole immersive experience. I did do a tennis round, though. It's OK. I ended up just clicking until I lost by the end of it because I just don't like tennis. Um, mm. But it, I will give it, it's a decent tennis game. You can do your little moves pretty easily. And How many other tennis games have you played? One, uh, two, two. I don't know, does Pong count? No. Within like two. They were both probably had the words Mario somewhere in them. Okay. <laughs> Did it an excellent tennis game? <laughs> You you don't number know three. you're not number three game. number three tennis game so far. <laughs> so I actually there's a new tennis game that I just played. This is a couple of weeks ago. I played for one round against a buddy online. Um, we both had it free through Origin Access, EA. I know. <laughs> um, and yeah, GTA better tennis game than that one. And that's a full release. I actually game. had a moment where I was like, yeah, I bet like I could just multiplayer Walker and we could play a tennis match. And then I was like and he's just going to win because I'm not enjoying this, and he's just going to shout about how amazing it is and then beat me because he's pl- obviously played a lot more of it than I have. <laughs> and so I don't really know where this is going to go. But <laughs> It would be fun. But self-contradiction. The story is what yeah. drives me in, but I, I want to go do what I want to do. I want to go make the game my own. But in a game where I'm allowed to make it my own... I need a story. I need an antagonist. Like, I just, I don't know. I think the answer is I don't know what I want in a game. Yeah, I'm, so I would invite you to keep, you know, not invite you, encourage you to keep playing um, GTA because you can do all the trick out cards. Right. Stuff. No, and I, I'm sure once I'm able to, I probably won't care about it anymore. Um, <laughs> I only want to because I'm not allowed to have it right now. Um. But no, I do, I do have every intent. It actually has probably been the game that I've played the most of nice. uh, lately. Yeah, outside of, well, this last couple of days, because there hasn't been as much Don't Starve. Um, right. But Don't Starve and that have been highest, then Kerbal, um, and then Hobby Time. So, Right, right. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I hope you keep playing it, because I think that it's, a, obviously, I think it's excellent, and uh, the story is rewarding, and it's rewarding if you get all the way to the end. I mean, it's rewarding throughout, right. I think, but if you get to the end, you will, you will be like, okay, that was actually pretty, that was, that was pretty interesting. I mean, it's really good storytelling. Um, there, there definitely was one part where my suspension of disbelief was taken out by like, there's a scene where after the first two characters are starting to get to know each other a bit, Michael and oh, Franklin. 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 Yes. Um, I'm terrible with names in real world too. So yeah, become my friend and you could have this very experience. Um, where you like meet at his pool and you're trying to like get him to give you a job, like 
you seem to have you seem to know what's up. I thought I could help you out, make some money. The shot where he's like lounging in the pool chair, there's supposed to be gravel around like the concrete around the pool. There's like this pea gravel, like decorative rock sort of stuff. And it is just a hundred percent flat, but the texture also overlaps with the concrete as if the gravel is messy and supposed to be kind of spilling out. But it's like the flattest texture I've ever seen in my life. It's like two dimensional grass sort of stuff. And it, I had such a hard time because everything else in the game is so pretty. I actually got into a car wreck because I was looking at the cityscape as I was driving by. And then I definitely yeah. just slammed into a pole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of my favorite GTA pastimes are just getting either in a helicopter or just a, a car or something. And then just going and like driving or flying over like a bridge at night where there's just like all the headlights right. and just like by and then you can put on music or whatever and uh, and just, there's you know. so much of the animation is really really well done like characters holding things is right the first person perspective uh, phenomenal uh when you get every car has its own interior right. it's like legit like wow uh, I, okay. I mean we agreed driving first person is ridiculous um third person camera it is, but you can get in the car right right and i and i did and noticed i was like wow like the dashboard is different like it has like <laughs> There's too much detail. But for all of that, why focus the camera shot on this gravel that has a poor texture? And it like actually dominates like a third of the screen, like the rule of thirds. It's kind of what your eye is drawn to. I'm mm. just like, uh, I don't know. It's something it's the worst thing to nitpick and it doesn't ruin the game at all. But it was just funny that I caught it. Um, but yeah, the, the way that the characters meet each other and what and how at some of at first you're like why am i playing through this what's going on i don't know what's happening turns into like oh like that's a thing like his son bought the car okay and like these things these it it shows how like some things that the the, the line between synchronicity and and coincidence is a matter of perspective like and so i really like i like stories that play with that i think that's a really interesting thing to play with and i like the way that gta does it well and see now i think you're you're tapping into what i've been what i was so excited about when i kept when i, when I was talking about it last time and i kept saying that it's like to me it's like an excellent movie um and that's kind of what you're describing it's like the writing in it is just really like i actually just don't think that there is writing in gaming that compares to GTA. Like I just, at least I don't know time for sure. I, I, yeah, I haven't I gotten far enough to a hundred percent tout it from the rooftops, but I do think it's sure. interesting because it's a, it is a really, really well done movie that you can play from different perspectives. And isn't it cool how, when you change to another character, like it jumps you to them somewhere in the city living Not their even life. That. The thing that, that inspired, that impressed me the most was early in the game. There's the car chasing the yacht. And you can switch character, or not, no, sorry, not in that. It was, or maybe it was like right after it or something. Anyway, it was a car chase scene involving two of the characters, one driving, one shooting. Oh, no, it was after they meet the other mob boss and pulling down the house. There's there's some... Oh, yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Well, I was having a hard time driving because I'm just not good at keyboard controls driving yet. Um, did do a little bit on the controller. I'm, my controller's not, it's made for platforming. It's not made for joystick time, so... I don't know how I feel about what's most comfortable yet, but I swat. I was like, well, maybe I could just 
I'll let's see what happens. Maybe I can use the other character. I could because one character is trying to you know shoot at the gang members and the other character is driving the car. And so I swapped and now the car is driving itself. Right. And, and the characters are having I like the conversations that happen in, in the cars, too. I think that's kind of interesting. At least it's not drawing on me yet. It's not like grading. But um, but yeah, so now I'm in control because like when I was driving, old poor guy Franklin could not get a shot. Because I'm just crashing into cars and phone poles and walls and grass. I don't even know. Right. And so I switched to him. And now I've got a competent driver <laughs> in the AI. Right. And now I get to be. But it's like it's like suddenly being able to watch a Bond movie from the perspective of a, one of the other characters. And it's like. Right. And Bond still goes and does his thing, and now you get to see some other movie that's happening, you know, at the same time. And uh, yeah, it is, and it is really cool how the characters will just be doing things. Although sometimes I don't know how they got that far into town without their car, or how to get my car, or if I'm just supposed to steal a car, and how is every car that I've ever stolen in my garage? I don't really know if that's how I'm supposed to do it. Yeah, but got to do sometimes, you know. Man, I'm so excited that you're playing it and enjoying it. Like once you get through the story or whatever, at some point we'll have to play the multiplayer because the experience that you just described with you and the NPC, you can have with other people. Right. And it's it's so it's crazy. It's crazy to go and rob a bank. <laughs> with I will a be friend, excited but... for you to be my competent driver. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great either, but it'll be, it'll be good. Um, at least I'll be no, able to yell at you instead of the AI when we run into things. I'll be right. the one giving the snippy comments instead of and the in-game character. We'll be like, oh, <laughs> really? I was driving here. I'll be like, yeah, we were trying to drive. Where were you at? You know. <laughs> um, well, that's great. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very pleased that you're playing GTA Five. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it. it it offers an experience. And I mean, dude, that game's from 2013. That's a seven year old game. It's incredible how good it looks like now to, to some credit for that. There's been some you HD upgrades for well, PC. Basically the like remastered gotcha. version. Cause it released on 360 and PS3 and then was re-released on Xbox one and PS4 uh, okay. and PC with better graphics. <laughs> so, um, so it is, it's not that you're not playing the 360 version, but still, it's still, I mean, it's a six-year-old game. Right. You know what I mean? Whatever. It's old yeah. <laughs> by gaming standards. And yeah, it looks incredible. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, and it is very immersive. And it, it, it my big conflict is just, I, my two conflicts are, I feel uncomfortable enjoying it because of my moral compass. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. So I don't know what that says about me and my moral compass. Um, and the whole weird contradiction of when what pulls me in a game versus what i want to pull me and like mm -hmm. my need for an antagonist but also not right and i don't know if it's just because it's novel that i don't need the antagonist where kerbal is not very novel even the stuff i haven't experienced i've seen videos of or i've at least played with all the parts and built super carriers and stuff right. so right um but yeah it's just a very interesting part to to kind of look at is just what i'm finding enjoyable and and there's there's even several games that i've looked at recently that i've been like you know if i just bought it and started playing it i would probably have a great time even if it's not for a long time 
but I can that's not always the case. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I probably yeah. I probably ponder that question a lot longer than you do, as can be seen by comparing the size of our Steam libraries. <laughs> And talk about Steam libraries. I, I had to know when I bought Kerbal, so I pulled that up. I pulled up my purchase history. I, I, this entire, I'm still scrolling. I'm still. Scrolling. <laughs> I mean, it now was. Like, it has to be. It was May of thirteen. I was gonna say, like, it has to be. So not quite. Tw yeah, May of twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's when I got it, and I'm pretty sure you're the one that introduced it to me. Yeah, I introduced it to you because I played with another friend at your house, and I was already at least a little bit competent at trying to do stuff. I, we definitely all still had rockets that just exploded into massive piles of explosions, but mm -hmm. which is still a fun and valid reason to play and buy the like buy and play this game. Yeah, Kerbal is great. I mean, I'm I'm not even nearly as into it as you guys ever were, but. Uh... I, I think it's a great game. You don't have to have the math or the understanding. If anything else, it'll at least give you respect for like what it took to land on the moon. Like right. what a feat that was to do with a glass plate in the floor where you're taking angular measurements of your own shadow and writing them down on a pencil and a piece of paper in almost zero G to calculate how to burn the jets. And in the game, you can just like, it's all just, done it's on a screen for you like you don't have to do any of that <laughs> right 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 but it is a glorious game it's a very pretty game as well and it's really cool because like you can look up at night in kerbal and the 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 brightest dots are actually the planets moving in their orbits mm. and so if you flew straight enough fast enough at it orbital mechanics it's... you know be gone i would get there I remember in 2004, in 2004, Doom 3 was supposed to come out in like August of that mm -hmm. year, maybe. I don't know exactly when. And then Half-Life 2 was, was scheduled to come out in like October, November, somewhere. Right. And all year, all of the gaming media was about those two games. They were both supposed to have new engines and push the technology forward. And it was just supposed to be this great experience. And then in like April or May of that year, out of nowhere, Far Cry drops the very first Far Cry, mm -hmm. and I had I hadn't heard anything about it before it came out. Like the first thing I ever saw about it was the small review paragraph or whatever in PC Gamer. Like it wasn't even a full page spread; right. it was just like Far Cry, you know. And so I went and looked at it, and and like this is <laughs> this is when part of game shopping used to be going to a physical brick and mortar retailer. And looking at the box right, to see, shot, right? yeah, yeah, because there wasn't—I mean, it, there wasn't a let's play. You right. couldn't go look at YouTube videos or Twitch or I don't know. But anyway, and like it just looked great, and and I was like, "All right, I'm going to get it." And the most mind-blowing thing of it was that anywhere you could see, you could go, right, and you could see pretty far. So, like, you start out the very first level is there's this island that you're on. And there's like kind of a clear path to the enemies, but you don't have to take right. You can go all the way around. You can do whatever. Anyway, I bring all of this up because it's just, I remember being blown away by where you can see, anywhere you can see, you can go. And the scale of the map is like a kilometer right. or something. And then you just said the exact same thing. It's just a whole solar system. 
Right. That looks like a shiny star. It's like, no, that's a planet you can land right. on. Like, that's insane. <laughs> that is insane. People not around before 2004, you don't appreciate it enough. <laughs> it's crazy what we have now. Well, had you played anything else this week? Um, Anything else you wanted to get to? Not a huge amount, I think. So I did. I would like to talk a little bit. I haven't played it, but I wanted to play it all week. Um, I've just actually, I think three is my limit for number of games I can put attention to in a week and a hobby, at least one hobby, um, and several books, but for games, three's, three's about the limit. However, uh, also this week, Terraria had its final update, at least supposedly for real this time, we're actually real. It's the final update. It's called journey's end. We're calling it that in hopes that we don't work on it anymore. Like, <laughs> so yes, that is absolutely worth mentioning. Cause it's insane what they've done yet again. Um, so kind of up to you and I'm down for whatever, of course I played maybe an hour, maybe not even quite, maybe 40 minutes of, a journey mode world and character really? last night. Ah. So we could talk about that, or we could we could save it for next week and, and actually both dive into it. I would it. I would like to dive into it. Um that's yeah. right for me. Yeah. And because I know we had spoken yesterday about possibly because you had also dove back into Terraria like a few weeks ago, but for a very short amount of time. I had a friend who was over that was playing it all the time on a second PC and um I kind of got into it but I ended up just kind of vicariously watching, like watching him play the bosses right. and being like, yeah, that's good enough. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really know that I'm going to be that much more um, into Terraria. It's going to be hard because I could probably drive it. And like through injecting the RP stuff that I like to inject and, and getting interested in building and doing stuff. But because I'm already balancing several other games, I don't have that need. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't need to inject a bunch of stuff into it. So it's it's going to actually be difficult because I'm probably not going to be hitting you up after work every day this week being like, dude, you ready? Let's hop on. Because I'm going to have people hitting me up to play Don't Starve. Right. And I'm going to be torn between my own like GTA versus yeah. Kerbal and so it could be I might just play I mean, it just to see what's going on, but I feel bad because I want to like drag you back into the Terraria experience. I'm just not. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know how much the thing is, is that I, I so it's funny because you're talking about like you're not sure if you know really how to define what you want out of a game, because if if it's one if it's scenario A, you want B and if it's B, you want A right. or whatever. Right. Um. But for me, like, I might not even get to enjoy such a dilemma because it might just be that I just like arbitrary checklists. <laughs> There's and a thousand new items in Terraria. And well, Put in, those in, on in a the, checklist. In the journey mode, every item is duplicatable, but you have to research it first. Right. So for like, or it takes a hundred or of that kind. And then... Anytime you can open up a window, click that ore, and you get a stack of a thousand of that ore in your inventory, just write them. But then you can do that with bars. You can do that literally everything. Right. Gear, everything. Now, the gear so far that we've seen won't roll unique stats if created that way. So, like, if you make an iron hammer, 
the hammer by d you know but like if you crash it, it the hammer might a normal iron hammer from the duplicator every time. Yeah. even if you duplicated or researched one that had bonuses gotcha that's not saved um but for purposes of like crafting and making or not crafting i guess but building like structures the thing is is that i'm interested to some extent to create the journey mode character and get everything researched so that then i can more casually play builder and not only do you not have to go dig stuff but you don't even have to run back to your chest and be like now where did i put right because you could just throw it away and duplicate another stack of it later yeah yes. we had and discussed privately how it's interesting that they have a progressive creative mode well that's what i was gonna say is i never play creative mode in any other game <laughs> Now I'm like, well, I might like to build a character that can play creative mode. And unlock every item in the game so that I can duplicate absolutely everything infinitely. Right. For no reason. Uh, and I think it might be just because I think it's, for whatever stupid reason, fun to 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 check, to collect things that they said to collect. That if, if the game didn't have a window for me to put 100 dirt into that I can then click and then it says you can now duplicate dirt, which I never need. I would never have gotten the dirt, but instead I was like, Oh, I've got a hundred dirt. Wonderful. Why, why, why do I work this way? I'm not very bright. Like we covered earlier. I, I, anyway. The grass is always greener. Apparently every game <laughs> I haven't purchased is probably the best game that I'll never play. And everything <laughs> that I own, I wish worked the opposite of how it actually does. So <laughs> We're all a little deranged here. <laughs> That's all for today's depressing game podcast. <laughs> Tune in next time. Where we talk right. about the unspeakable and inevitable existential dread of life. <laughs> <laughs> Expressed through Mario. <laughs> um, the week after, we'll scream into the void for several hours straight. <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> uh, Pikmin. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Brought to you by, to you by EA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so yeah, I think I think we save, and it doesn't have to be next week even, but I think we save the Terraria for when when we've had more time to dive into it, especially because you haven't seen Terraria in, in a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw it. So I played a year and a half ago, pretty extensively. I got fairly far with another friend. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. I, most of that was just fishing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was fishing rare gear like like pretty hardcore. It's actually surprising if you watch the speed runs. Um, oh yeah, fishing is almost a always a part of the speed runs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because you can fish for some pretty high level stuff that it would take you a while to acquire otherwise, right. and you can just kind of yeah just knock it out through through the fishing. There's golf now in yeah, Terraria. I saw that. I don't know uh, what that means. Is it gonna like, be the best golf game? It can't be. It's 2D. How, how does it make sense? <laughs> you're saying, you're yeah. saying that if there's no 3D world, that, you know, can't be a good golf game? Name a good 2D golf game. Kirby. Kirby Golf. What was that? Kirby. Kirby's Kirby. Dream. It's not Dream Land. Dream oh, Course. I... Dream Course. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were doing some like cutesy curveball. No, 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 I was not not curveball. Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, no, you oh, said okay, okay. That's why I said cutesy because okay. I thought you were in like Kirby golf. Like, what? 
no literal the puff cloud yeah. nintendo icon yeah. kirby yeah yeah i mean i liked mario golf back in the day you know what it was 3d so yeah there you go i actually think I... the newer dream course was a pseudo 3d world so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh take that larper <laughs> you just want to throw it at me i just i'm just that was we not instigated <laughs> now i'm just picking fights so right. we should wrap it up i don't know i think this may be the, what the public really wants to see <laughs> Tell us, are we getting tweet us on twitter what you enjoy <laughs> let us know if you'd rather us bicker like old men about random things or if you actually want some kind of perspective on why gaming matters right yeah because we've got a lot of them, so <laughs> and not a lot of tweets so tweet that's, at us we will read them true. and we'll be ecstatic about them correct yeah 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 there's not a flood so yeah. you won't be waiting in word. line for very long that notification drops and we'll be ringing be each a... other to tell each other that the notification dropped in case one of us didn't see it <laughs> right it may be an uncomfortably fast response. Yeah. Just, we may latch on to you just immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's encouraging, going to be encouraging many people to tweet us. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They'll figure it out. So that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help us keep growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links will be available in the show notes. If you want more of my insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found.